Hey guys, welcome to episode 100 of A Wrestling Gal Podcast, providing you with a female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J, as today I am joined by two very, very special guests for an exclusive podcaster tell-all. We got Aridian from Rest Friends and Lo from Wrestling Wind Down. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today we are here gathered for episode 100 of a wrestling gal and i am joined today by two very special guests to bring you an exclusive wrestling podcaster tell-all so today i am joined by iridian of rest friends and low from wrestling wind down so how are you doing tonight ladies very good thank you for having me yeah, do, doing great thanks for having us on today I'm very excited. You know, it's exclusive episode 100. So we're going to spill some tea tonight. Let uh, the listeners in on, on some uh, wrestling podcast or secrets and answer okay, all the now. questions. <laughs> so thank you too for everybody who submitted a question for this exclusive wrestling podcast or tell all. We really do appreciate it. You guys submitted some very, very good ones. But before we get started, we're going to do some little introductions, you know, get a feeler because I think this is, yeah, this is you guys' first time on my show. So for both both of you, how long have you guys been podcasting? For me, for Rest Friends, probably less than a year. Um, we've had our, our YouTube channel for a little bit over a year. And we decided after the year of podcasting that we would also extend it to a podcast because why not? You know, we're like we more wrestling content out there. And we started it just to kind of meet more wrestling fans. And that's what's happened. So I'm super excited because you know, without Rest Friends, I would have never met you guys. So here we are today on the 100th episode. Congratulations, by the way, Ella. Thank That's you. That's a big, you know, milestone. I can't believe yes, it. Yes, congrats. <laughs> but Lo, what about you? How long have you been I... in the podcasting game? So it has been a year and a half podcasting for Wrestling Wind Down. So before I had started podcasting, I actually had my own radio show in college. So I kind of count that as podcasting because it wasn't on actual radio. It was like on the HD station. So it was yeah. very exclusive. So with that, maybe, I don't know, a like more years, obviously, but wrestling related about a year and a half. And it's been really exciting. I've been able to meet some really great people and connect with wrestling fans all over the world. Yeah, so that's about the same for me. It's been a year and a half. Um, officially, next week, it'll be a year and a half. But for you guys, what was your first memory of wrestling? We'll start with Lowe this time. What was your first memory of professional wrestling? So I always tell this story, and it always makes Iridian laugh, but I was at my grandma's house, and um, I think I was like eight or nine, and I was flipping through the channels, and I remember I saw john cena on telemundo channel nine and i was like what is this and i just started kind of watching it and i don't speak spanish but i still kept watching it. and i remember i went back maybe like two or three weeks and watched it on the sunday and then figured out that it was on the usa network on mondays and i just fell in love with it it was something that i hadn't seen before and it was just interesting to me to see you know these superstars wrestling and these storylines that they had i just really enjoyed it yeah, for me, I think the first memory I have is a chairs match, I want to say. And if it wasn't a chairs match, there was definitely a chair involved. Probably Shawn Michaels was there. I do remember John Cena popping out. I was just amazed at how dramatic everything was. I was like, man, this is just like a novella, just like a soap opera. You know, there's people arguing, there's people beating each other up. I'm here for this. And my dad and my uncles all grew up watching wrestling so they would always just have it on it was just that one day that it took for me to sit down and kind of just really take everything in and once I saw that women were also wrestling like I was sold same 
All right. Well, now we're going to get into the audience questions, which again, thank you everybody who participated with hashtag AWG100. We really appreciate some very good questions you guys sent in. So to get the ball rolling, who or what made you want to become a podcaster? Did you have any specific inspirations? We'll start with Iridian this time. Oh, well, uh, I went to school for radio. So that's what I have my degree in. So I've always just loved interviewing and loved being on the mic. I wasn't always a huge fan of my voice. So it kind of took a while for me to get used to listening back to myself and not cringing. So um, radio just really helped me out with that. So ever since I was little, I've just loved music and I've loved kind of you know, the backstage interviewing. And I said, oh, I want to do that. So I think, you know, from a really young age, I've kind of wanted to podcast. And now everything is super accessible for people. And you can learn how to podcast just by watching a YouTube video. So I was like, you know what, like, let's do this. Why not? I think podcasting is such a great way for you to communicate with people. And it's a great, you know, pastime and you learn so much from it. Same with me too. I literally learned everything from YouTube and researching on the internet. I had no clue what the heck I was doing, but I guess, I mean, at least for you, that's great that it was something you always knew you wanted to do. You know, I went to college for a psychology degree and I was all set to go to grad school, but then a part of me was like, I can't let wrestling go. And I was really inspired by my friends like Samira, who Loa's head on her show and people like Alicia Toot and Chris Mm -hmm. Van Fleet who do great wrestling interviews. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try this out. So I did some research and then, you know, a wrestling gal was born. But Lo, what about you, girlfriend? So I actually wanted to go into broadcast journalism um, at a young age and was really interested in being on TV and stuff like that. And when I got to college, I went for journalism and it seemed like most of the classes that I took were audio. And I I also interned at a radio station at the same time and ended up working there. And that's when I got my radio show. And I was just always like really intrigued by, you know, bringing your demographic stuff that they enjoy, whether it's news stories or music or anything like that. And once I finished my radio show, I kind of was like at this point where I wanted to continue doing some type of like outlet, but I knew I couldn't do music because of copyright and stuff like that. Um, So, I kind of like was on a standstill and then my friend ended up talking to me and she was like, I love wrestling. And we kind of connected there and we were like, what if we start a podcast? So that's kind of how I got started with wrestling, so to speak. But I mean, radio is definitely very similar to podcasting, you know, use the same techniques, the same tools. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to learn from a lot of people that have been in the radio business for a very long time and looking at their techniques and learning my own that I'm able to bring that to my podcast as well. You know, you talk about bringing those tools and techniques into podcasting. A great question we had was, what was the first piece of equipment you ever bought for podcasting? So we will start with Lo this time. What was the first piece of equipment you ever bought? Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is going to be interesting. I bought a Blue Yeti. Okay, so I did all my research and I figured, oh, my God, this is the best mic that I could possibly have. This was after I got out of college and I wasn't using their studio anymore and we were in quarantine. So this is like very recent. So I was like, I'm going to build a home studio. I'm going to get a Blue Yeti It's the best thing on the market. Girl, I got that and it sounded like shit. It was terrible. I tried to mess with the, the fine tuning and stuff like that. And my friend had recommended it too. She said, I use it for music and it sounds great. And I got it and I was like, girl, do we have the same mic? Like, what is this? I ended up returning it. I thought it wasn't the best mic for podcasting. I mean, a lot of people love the Blue Yeti, but I just was not a fan of it. That was my first piece of equipment. Horror story. Oh my God. It's funny that you met. <laughs> Go ahead, already. <laughs> Oh, no, go ahead. I know you got a story. <clears throat> no, it's just funny that you mentioned that because, well, the first piece of equipment I bought was actually a bundle. So I like I needed to get something that was cost effective because I was I'm not rich. So I got the Samson Q2U. I did a bunch of research on like uh, what is the best like budget uh, quality microphone, and I watched a bunch of videos on it. So I got the Samson Q2U microphone, which I love to this day. I swear by it. And then I got my boom arm, my pop filter, and 
my little windshield screen. So that came in a bundle, I think, for like 60 or $70, which really wasn't that bad. But then, Lo, you bring up the Yeti. I got the Yeti earlier this year because, I mean, I just wanted a backup mic to, mic to play with. But, I mean, it picks up everything, literally everything. You try to crank the grain down and you have to turn it all the way down just to filter out the background noise. But then you can't really hear You're yourself. You're like, damn, do I really breathe that loud? <laughs> I know, right? So I prefer my Samson Q2U. And I mean, it's cool though. It has different like functions. Like if you're doing like in-person interviews, like you can go on either side of it. But just personally, I prefer my Samson Q2U, which I use right now. And I still have my Yeti, but I don't use it as much because then you have to crank it all the way down and then you can't hear yourself back. But this episode is not sponsored by Yeti, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) But Iridian, what was the first piece of equipment you ever bought? Yes. It's a Blue Yeti, my Blue <laughs> Yeti mic. And it's just, I did so much research, you know? Yeah. You're like looking up cost-effective mics. It's the first, you know, you're starting up. You're like, okay, I can't spend so much money on it. This is something that I'm just starting at. And I was like, okay, my Blue Yeti sounds all right. So I purchased it. It, it was pretty okay for me, okay? I, the only thing I hated about it is that it weighs like 20 pounds. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a drink. Yes, it's so heavy. I remember I had to do in-person interviews and um, while I was in college, I would have to put it in my backpack and that's the only thing I could carry because I couldn't fit my laptop on there. It was so heavy. I just remember busting out my blue Yeti and slamming it onto the table like (laughs) it's heavy beauty, okay? It's It's like a hydro flask. (laughs) Yes, it's indestructible. but, But every interview that I went to, they were like, oh my God, this is so professional. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, because I'm professional, you know, but it, oh my God, I'm so glad that I have my road mic now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, cause I'm into like ASMR too. And so I knew like the road mics, um, the Tascam, like Yeti and all that. So, I mean, though, that's great for ASMR and stuff because, you know, picks up everything. But then I realized when I was testing it out, I'm like, you can hear everything. And my computer is so loud sometimes that I have to noise reduce it when I'm editing. But that's some behind the scenes info. So I just stick with my Samsung Q2U. So, yeah. But, you know, what is you guys' favorite part of being a podcaster today? Go ahead, Lo. <laughs> so... My, I think my favorite part of podcasting actually has to do with like the behind the scenes stuff and what you're doing like on the social media platforms and stuff like that. You know, it's one thing to really put out an episode, you know, you have great audio, you have sound effects, you have music, whatever, but it's about marketing the episode. Your podcast could be sensational. You could have great sound and everything like that, but if you don't know how to market it, no one's going to hear it. You know what I mean? So knowing how to use those platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, whatever, is so important. And I've really found success in, you know, figuring out these platforms and building connections with the different fans on them. And I've talked about it with Iridium before, but you notice on these different platforms, your audiences are different. And that's really interesting as well. Like, I think our Instagram following has more male and then our Twitter has more females. So you really have to know how to really target your demographic on all of those platforms, whether, you know, you have the same demographic or it's different. Iridian, what about you? I think probably the connections that you're able to make because I would never in a million years thought that I would be able to talk to like one of my favorite wrestlers. Like when would I ever have pictured myself as a seven-year-old, like watching wrestling, like one day, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview that person one day. Like that's crazy. Um, and it's just so easy nowadays because of social media too. So you can reach out to someone and say, hey, mm-hmm. I have a show, but you also can't just invite them to like any show. You got to put work into your stuff. Um, and it's, it's just awesome that you get to connect with someone, with some of your favorite people, maybe people you would have never even thought you'd be speaking to because you have now this platform. And that's just what I love about wrestling, those connections. And it's I think so- building a brand, sorry, I think building a brand is also fun as well. Like you mentioned, you know, you have this platform and you're really able to do anything you want with it. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people who have 
had a platform and they've done just exceptionally well because they know how to connect with people. Their marketing is on point. Their episodes sound good. And then I've seen the complete opposite. So I think it's really fun to also, you know, build your brand and build that platform so you're able to reach out to those people that you would just dream about interviewing. I think it's really cool to hear Radian too, because you've interviewed some names like AJ Styles and Elias. And I'm like, okay, girl, okay. And you know, it takes like time to like build and network those contacts and everything and integrate yourself. Granted, you have like a no background in radio and all that. So you probably have like way more connections than I do. But it's just like you said, like that connecting for me, it's that connecting with people in the wrestling community and you get to meet so many wrestlers, other podcasters, media, like you guys, like I never would have met you guys if I, if I didn't want to decide spontaneously to start a wrestling gal, you know, it's just connecting and hearing the stories of all these wrestlers and people in the industry that like sometimes some episodes just totally go off the rails and you talk about stuff that's not planned. And it's some of those stories that have moved me and, you know, it just inspires me and I'm like, I'm doing like, this is what I'm like meant to do. And so it's building those connections and, you know, genuinely connecting with people and getting to hear their stories. And, you know, I'm not very good at marketing, but, you know, building your brand and, you know, having people supporting each other is just, I think, my favorite part about being a wrestling podcaster for sure. So hats off to you guys, though, for being better at marketing. But I think you guys have a background in it, so it makes sense that you're way better at it than I am. So I don't. Bro, you're yeah. doing a great job. Yeah, you're doing a really good job. <laughs> to flip the script, though, what do you think is the most challenging aspect of starting a podcast? We'll start with uh, Iridian this time. Oh, God. It's like you don't know what to do. You don't know where to start. You're just like, okay, do I buy my equipment? And then what happens when I have everything? Like, where do I start? Where do I broadcast my podcast at? You know, do I pay for premium? Why would I need to pay to have a podcast if, you know, I want to have something free? And then it's about advertising. There's so much that goes into a podcast if you want it to be successful, and I think it's just you have to do a lot of research because you honestly could just have a podcast and you can use your phone. And if you record 30 minutes, then your second challenge is where do I put it and how do I get it out there and how do people listen to it and do I want to make money off of this? So it's just kind of like you have a lot of questions starting out and in order to you know, really be successful, you kind of just have to do a lot of research. And that's where I really struggled where I didn't know what platform to put it on. I didn't know what to market it as. I didn't know how long episodes needed to be. And, you know, I, nothing about monetization. I had no idea. And now, you know, you learn as you go though. So I think that's one thing that's helpful. You learn what works after a while. Lo, what about you? I would say the same. I think starting out, I had a co-host before and I think, um, it's just about, you know, figuring out what you want to do in that end goal. What, what goals do you have for the month or the year or quarterly or whatever? And I think that's the hardest thing is just figuring out your path when you start. You know, you have this great idea. You get your logo done. You get your pictures taken. You know the concept. But how are we going to get to that end goal of I want this many listens for the year or I want this many followers? And you definitely have to research. I still research today. I think there's so much out there and there's so many resources now. And looking back on two years ago, it was very sparse. And especially as a female podcaster in sports, it was way sparse. So I think now with, you know, all the different female podcasters in the wrestling community and a lot of them are willing to give advice and are very helpful in that way, it's a little bit easier. But, you know, just starting out, I mean, you're Googling everything, monetization. What do I do here? What do I, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And yeah, you know, you have a background in it, but it's still something that you've never done before. And you're trying to look for these resources and sometimes they're not there. Thankfully, now there's a lot of, you know, these podcasting masterclasses and stuff like that. So it is a little bit easier to find information, but people charge you. So you really have to find those free resources where you can. I definitely have to agree Keep in mind, I'm still not fully understanding monetization because I'm still very new to sponsorships. Like I don't have any outside of Anchor, my platform, which 
to be quite frank, you don't make a lot of money on unless it's a mid-roll ad, which means it's in the middle of your episode, so you have to split it in half. And just me personally, I, I just don't do that. I don't know why. But you're talking about um, podcasters helping each other out, though. Um, one great piece of advice that like someone told me, and it's so crazy now that people come to me for advice, and I've only been doing this a year and a half, like just yesterday and a couple weeks ago. It's so like gratifying and like I'm so grateful that people think that I know what I'm doing because I'm still learning as I go but one important thing that um, someone told me is you can't run until you walk and especially when you're first starting out a podcast you're gonna get frustrated that you don't have so and so many listens or views granted I didn't get a thousand views or a thousand listens until I was 10 months into my podcast it took me forever and it's taken off since then so you have to be patient and like low said once you find your concept find your niche what is your show about what do you want people to think of when they think of your show are you known for predictions are you known for interviews are you known for reviews are you known for just storytelling you need to figure out first your niche what kind of show do you what kind of vibe do you want to focus on is there a certain topic and of course you're going to get frustrated you're not going to book everyone you want trust me i haven't booked half the people i've reached out to and it's incredibly frustrating but you, as long as you build a good rapport with people and you're professional and friendly and you don't push any boundaries, you're going to build connections with people. And so I guess the most challenging thing is you can't run until you can walk first. You know, you got to find your footing. And then once you learn from other people or yourself, a lot of research too, like Iridian said. So yeah, the most challenging part is being patient, I think, starting out. So yeah, <laughs> at least for me, it was my goodness. Now, talking about past guests, though, who do you, I don't know about you guys, but who has been the hardest guest for you to book or interview, like to get booked or interviewed? I know my answer, so I guess I'm going to start. So for me, I mean, granted, um, <laughs> I don't think this will come as a surprise, but it literally took me nine months to get Mickey James just because of scheduling uh, conflicts and everything. Like people, are, this year especially, people are on way different schedules. So like I said, you're not going to book everyone you reach out to first, or sometimes they'll just forget. And so it all comes down to scheduling. And I tried for nine months and kept pushing it, you know, persevered. So for me, I guess that was the hardest to get booked just because of scheduling and because of who she was. Um, but I don't What Have you guys had experiences like that? I have been very fortunate to where I haven't had an experience where I've had to, a challenge with booking people. Um, I found that using like a third party application to have them go in and pick the date and time that they want helps them to be more like they look at their schedule and then they look at what I have and they're able to coordinate a little better. Um, so thankfully I haven't had any issues there, but if we're talking about people that I've wanted on the show that I've been, you know, trying to get, I mean, <laughs> Renee Young, hello. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying since I've started the podcast and, you know, it's definitely a goal of mine to get her on. She lives here, you know, so I'm pushing, but we will see what happens. Maybe 2021 takes time can definitely uh <laughs> say that um for me it was probably seth rollins because um when i started working in in radio he was going to be my first wwe interview and um i don't even know something happened and there was i guess the scheduling issue and they're like oh we can't give you seth right now but you can talk to aj and i was like oh aj styles cool uh, I don't have questions for him, but give me give me a couple minutes. I, I was prepped for a Seth Rollins interview and they let me know maybe like a day before that I wasn't going to get um, Seth. But um, it worked out a couple months later. I, I was able to talk to Seth, but it was just like, oh, man, it's crazy because sometimes things happen, you know, and you have to be prepared for everything because yeah. the wrestling world just moves and you got to move with it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Now, Lo kind of talked about this, but who are some people that you haven't interviewed or guested with that you'd like to interview or collab with? We'll start with Iridian this time. Oh, I'd love to talk to Priscilla Kelly. I think that she is- I've been trying. Oh my God, me too. She's fantastic. No. Like, oh, I, I just admire her so much. Her work is just incredible. I keep thinking about her match that she had with Britt Baker. Um, it's just, oh my God, I just, I have so many questions for her mm -hmm. and I just, I've been a chicken and I haven't reached out. So I think maybe 2021, 
my New Year's resolution is shoot probably, your shot. Yes, shooting my shot. Um, because I, I, that is something that I struggle with is that I get a little nervous when I'm reaching out to people and I think that they're not going to want to do mm-hmm. it. But honestly, I, I think everyone, if you reach out to them the right way, they'll say yes, because you're just having a conversation with someone at the end of the day. Um, and if you're representing them well and you represent yourself well, why would they say no? Um, but Priscilla Kelly, man, oh, she is my number one. That's who I'm going for. <laughs> well, we already know Lowe's answer, but Lowe, is there anyone else in the wrestling industry <laughs> who you'd like to collab with or interview someday? Well, you know, Renee Young, I feel like she is kind of out of the wrestling world for right now. Yeah. She's pregnant now, so we'll leave her out of like the wrestling world for Right now, I really would love to interview Bianca Belair. I think, you know, she's on top of her game and she is someone that I look up to as a black woman myself. Seeing someone in the ring that looks like me is really inspiring. So I'd like to have her on. Um, Wow. I can also think of a couple people, you know, that are on wrestling Twitter and stuff like that that I would love to have on. I think of like a queen of the ring. Um, I've I've had those wrestling girls on before, but I'd love to have them on again and. Wow, that's a very loaded question. There's a bunch of people that I would just love to have on the show. I think they've done such an incredible job on their platforms that I would love to have them on my own. There's so many people, too, and I'm, like, blanking. There's just so many. Like, if we're doing Dream, then, like, my favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. But, um, like, right now, oh, my God. I mean, Priscilla Kelly is definitely up there for me. I've been trying, and, you know, people just sometimes don't see their stuff. Um, I would love to interview Killer Kelly too. You know, she was just an impact and she's had an incredible year. She was on the PWI top women's list. Um, Allie Cat is another one I'd love to talk to. Oh my God, she's had such an incredible run. But like Lo said, there's so many incredible people that like I'm blanking on, but I would love to have for, for sure. There's so many incredible people that sometimes it's hard to narrow down, honestly. So moving on, we had another great question was, what was the most off topic you ever got during an interview? And mine goes all the way back to my very first episode that I recorded with Samira. So the first half of the episode was an interview I did with her. And then the second half was my Evolution 2 dream matches. So my interview with Samira, I think, is about like 10 to 15 minutes. We spent two hours filming that because we got off topic so much just because we've been good friends for six years now. And we were just goofing off because that was my first time ever recording like on Skype. And so she was just like saying funny things to make me laugh. And then we got way off topic and we were like, how are we going to phrase this or something? So I had to cut like literally three fourths of that out to put it together. So it sounded good. And I think it's just because we're so comfortable with each other. That is totally fine. If we get off topic and it was my first episode, I was like, and I messed up so many times because I was not comfortable talking, hearing my own voice. Um, So that was definitely the most off topic I got. We had so many funny moments in there, in there that I had to cut out and so many inside jokes, but that goes all the way back to my very first episode um for me going back to um me interviewing uh, aj styles he was definitely the most off topic i'd gotten because his interviews well the wwe interviews usually happened when wwe would come for a show yes so this specific one was for the holiday tour that they were doing and so aj and i started talking about christmas um 15 minutes later we were talking about his kids and the tooth fairy (laughs) so I was like, how am I going to come back from this? And you only get a limited time to talk yeah. to these wrestlers because they have a schedule. I had to be kicked off the call with him because we were literally so off topic. They were like, so, there's always a third person listening in. Yes. So the third person was like, Iridian, um, yeah, you guys, you're at 27 minutes. We got, we got to cut this down. AJ's got to go. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, last question. Like, <laughs> because we were talking about the Tooth Fairy already. It was like very off topic. Um, but yeah, it was like a 30 minute interview. I had no idea that you could like, that there was a time limit. Like, this is your first time. Nobody tells you these things. Yeah. Hello. What about you? You know what? I really don't think I have a moment where I've been off topic. I mean, there's been times where people have like rambled and stuff, which is fine, but nothing ever like off topic to the point where I'm like, wow, what were we talking about? Fair enough. Lo's just a real professional guy. <laughs> a thousand percent professional. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, the next question we Lo kind of alluded to earlier, but what do you think about being a female podcaster in a generally male-dominated industry? Lo, since you alluded to it earlier, we'll start off with you this time. 
I think from when I first started, which was November 2018 to now, uh, what, December 2020, it's very different, you know. Like I said, when I first started out, there weren't a lot of female podcasters. I could probably name them off off the top of my head. I remember Queen of NE was out. Um, there were a couple AEW podcasts that were just starting. Um, I think those wrestling girls had just come out, and there wasn't a lot out there. And, you know, at first when we started, I was like, oh, my God, you know, are we going to be one of the only ones? And then it seemed like when we started, a lot of other people started. And now, you know, there's so many female podcasters out there that, I feel like people are more accepting of the female voice, you know, talking about wrestling, going into reviews or interviews and stuff like that. And I think back to years ago, you know, when people Twitter first started and, you know, wrestling was on, I don't think it would have been the same. I think people would have honestly been mansplaining the different wrestling matches and stuff like that. And I still see it on my timeline today, but I feel like it would have been worse back then to be a female podcaster because females really weren't watching professional wrestling. And if they were, it wasn't like, Oh, I watch wrestling. Like they weren't proud about it. It was something that they might've hid. So I don't know. I I'm very glad that I started when I did, because I think if I would have started before then, I don't think it would have been as accepted as it is today. Oh my God. Go ahead, Iridian. I feel like people are paying attention to female fans now. Um, and we weren't a huge part of the industry before. So now I feel like it's, it's a perfect time to be a female podcaster because women do need their voices represented. And as companies are starting to take notice, like I think it's starting to be more accepted, you know, being a female podcaster. Uh, being a female fan alone is hard enough because, you, you know, you tell somebody you're a wrestling fan and it's a guy and they're like, OK, well, if you're a wrestling fan, what was the 1997 SummerSlam theme song? Like, what? Who, who knows that? Right. Like, how, where would I keep that knowledge? Why would I need to know that? How is that going to prove that I'm a wrestling fan? Um, but I, I think that now there's there's more women in the game. And, and I just really like that because. Sometimes you can't relate to what the guys are saying because the guys are talking about things that don't, doesn't even make sense in the wrestling world. You're seeing it as, as a woman and they're like, okay, well, we don't need women's matches. And you're just like, wait, well, yeah, yes, we do. Like, wait a minute. Um, this is important and this is why. So it's, it's now a perfect time that if you're a woman and you're thinking about podcasting, I say do it because mm -hmm. there's never been a time like now where women are being represented, not only as, you know, as fans, but as podcasters too. I definitely have to agree too with both of you, but especially Lowe's point that like years ago, at least for myself, I like hid the fact that I was a wrestling fan up until recently on my like personal account. I kind of, I mean, I would show that I went to wrestling events, but it just like not traumatized from high school, but like you would at least get made fun of whenever you would talk about it um, because he would be like, you know, it's fake, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, nothing basically that. So I would never, ever talk about it outside of home and so that's when I found like the re online wrestling community and became great friends with people like my good friends Samira and Zoya shout out to them and got to connect with them other female fans which you know I up until then I only had one friend in high school who I found out senior year she was a wrestling fan took me forever to find someone that like in person that I could relate to on that level and it just like it's so disheartening and it's frustrating sometimes to be a female in a male dominated industry but I feel like recently lately the last couple of years people have been more open-minded and accepting like Lo said to hearing our voices and like our opinions and thoughts are valid and it's so refreshing to see and it's really empowering to see other people like Iridian and Lo and all of the other female podcasters like those wrestling girls dead ass girls uh queen of any etc there's so many amazing female podcasters now or content creators or you know journalists media our voices are being heard so i think now yeah we're on the rise and it's definitely more accepting but first starting out i was honestly afraid to but you know i was like why the fuck not and that's the attitude you have to have like you have to just start and then, yeah, get your, you know, I kind of just threw myself in. It was a very spontaneous decision, but I'm so glad I did because wrestling is something I'm so passionate about. And it's so finally fun to be able to share that with the world, even if a part of me is still like, because people judge me for it. But, you know, fuck it. 
like I said on my Instagram post, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what are some things we can look forward to you guys releasing soon? Well, at Rust Friends, I feel like I'm going to start focusing more on interviewing. So um, Teddy is back. So it's going to be me and Teddy. And we're going to do a little bit more, not just recaps, but I feel like interviews. That's what we're going to have going. And on YouTube, we're also doing Vlogmas. So every day for the month of December, you're getting a brand new video. I don't know how we're going to pull it off, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. So that's what you can look forward to for Rust Friends. What about wrestling wind down? I thought she wasn't going to mention that she's doing vlogmas. I was about to yell at her. Um, (laughs) So wrestling wind down, you know, I feel like we are getting into our second year and I'm very excited. Um, I'm definitely going to be diving into some more social media stuff in terms of Instagram. So Instagram lives, Instagram TVs, stuff like that. Also, you know, some featuring of different females in the industry, et cetera. Um, hopefully looking into getting involved with the um, wrestling school here, um, FSW, trying to see if maybe we can forge a partnership and, you know, get in there and interview some of their superstars and stuff like that. And I just, I want to dive into the wine world. I feel like we've kind of teased it a little bit. You know, we, we talk about it here or there, but I really want to dive in and see, you know, what more I can bring the wrestling wine down in terms of the wine aspect. You you gotta make us some premier wine. We'll be your first su- supporters, oh. Low, and we gotta promote the shit out of you. <laughs> um, but for a wrestling gal and myself, LJ, you know, obviously, like I had a huge announcement last week at the time of filming this that I am now a part of Team Gaw, and so I guess since they recently teased it on their recent episode, um, there may or may not be a podcast in the works um, that I may be helping them on. So I look forward to that. And, you know, just very much lately, I've been able to collaborate with so many other podcasters and content creators like Bell to Bells, who I've done two interviews for them now in an exclusive series. So it's so it's so exciting to have people want to like work with me. And, you know, it just uh, I loved collaborating with all women like you guys, Iridian and Lo. It's so like gratifying and I'm honored to be able to do that. But with the wrestling gal I honestly don't know what the future holds. Obviously, a lot more interviews, but hopefully getting some names like that I've been wanting to work with and we've been trying to do, you know, just building those connections, doing that networking, because, I mean, you have to do it to be successful in the wrestling industry, just to put it bluntly. So definitely more interviews, but also you might see me on other uh, other places, like other shows. So, yeah, uh, and with merch, a lot more merch ideas coming out and uh, – you know, we got a giveaway that which we will talk about later in the show. But that is all for the podcasting questions. We have to get in some wrestling questions, ladies, since we are wrestling podcasters. So a great question was, who are your favorite female and female tag team wrestlers of 2020? Sasha. Sasha Banks. I just, oh my God. Sasha, with all of this, you know, 2020 has just been a crazy year. So I feel like Sasha and Bailey have really shined. Yeah. Have really, you know, taken a huge part of, of the women's division in WWE. And it's just like, oh man, I didn't think Sasha could be this great. And here she is being this great. Like the audacity that she has. I'm here <laughs> for it, you know? Um, her and, and, you know, Becky left at the beginning of the year. So that was sad, but happy because she's going to be a mom. But, you know, Asuka was also a huge part of this year. So I think that they have been great, but Shayna and uh, Nia Jax are not doing too bad as a tag team. So I'm, I'm here for it. Hello. What about yourself? I would say in terms of female superstars, I think um, like Iridian said, Sasha Banks and Bailey have done an incredible job, especially during a pandemic to really spotlight the women's division and make it something that everyone wants to watch. I've seen men and women alike saying that these two have really done a great job at storytelling and making it fun to watch wrestling. I know a lot of people when the pandemic started and they saw how business was going and how WWE was treating their employees, they really kind of just stepped away. They weren't interested anymore. And I think those two with Asuka have really made wrestling fun in terms of the women's division. Um, I would say with female tag teams, I think, I don't know if they would count as a tag team, but Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez have been a really interesting team to watch in NXT. I think 
for a while there, we really thought that Raquel Gonzalez was going to be Dakota's backup the whole time. And I'm really glad to see that she's getting that opportunity to show what she's capable of, because I think we all knew that she had something in her bag and honey, she is in her bag right now. I think Io Shirai has done an incredible job as champion. Um, she fought hard to get that championship and she's done a great job at retaining it so far. And finally, of course, I have to say this, Bianca Belair. I know that she should have got that NXT title when she was back there and she didn't, unfortunately. And we've really wondered where she was going to end up at. And it seems like now SmackDown, hopefully she has her footing right and she's able to go for that SmackDown Women's Championship because she is championship material. I look at her in the ring and I think, She's incredible. One person that I think really should have had their moment in 2020 that unfortunately didn't is Naomi. She started the year off extremely strong and they pretty much screwed her. So, you know, hopefully she comes back before the year ends and really makes a statement. And if not, maybe early 2021, she's in that ring and she's holding a title. Oh, I want Naomi back so soon. So uh, I know she had surgery, but that uh, reaction she got at the Royal Rumble that went viral that you were alluding to, definitely so excited for Naomi to turn it, uh, to return in 2021. But as for 2020 female tag teams, I mean, you can't go wrong with Sasha and Bailey. You know, they ruled the entire, the entire summer, the entire year, and eventually they did split, but they were the tag team division for the longest time, and they've been able to turn that into a great story. Um, but for favorite uh, singles competitors, I have to agree with Lowe, Io Shirai, and I'm totally biased, but you know, Io started out the year as this like really intense heel, but she naturally integrated into this baby face that everyone gets behind. And I think a part of it too is just because she's so just naturally great. So people gravitate to her talent and like her aura and all of that. So seeing Io Shirai finally become NXT Women's Champion and reach that uh, mountain and to see her still be able to compete at top level, she hasn't lost any steam. But outside of WWE, I think another focal figure of this year has been Deanna Perrazzo. And again, I'm biased, but you know, she came in into Impact and took over that division. She became the Iron Woman of Impact. You know, she, outside of wrestling, is such a great person. And, you know, she, I feel like when she was released during, you know, that crazy month of April, that was really a stepping stone for her because she realized her worth. And, you know, Deanna Prazo was worth a lot. And so it's really cool and inspiring to see her realize her worth and then go take over Impact by storm and be able to have such an, I guess, impact on the women's division over there and kind of lead the charge. And she's definitely risen to the occasion. She definitely hasn't crumbled under pressure and I'm excited for her in 2021. Now, as for speaking of 2020, what do you guys think has been the best pay-per-view of 2020? That's a tough one. I have my answer. Go ahead. You know what? I think when Roman Reigns came back, what was that? Uh, it was not Survivor Series. It was Fastlane. I think... I think that was the best pay-per-view that I've seen this year. And I think Survivor Series was pretty good as well. And that's in terms of men's action. I think Roman Reigns was definitely missed in the division. And seeing him come back, people did not expect him to come back. And he's really done such an incredible job as a heel. I think many people boxed him in into that face character, essentially the new John Cena, because they pushed him so hard on us. And now seeing him, him as a heel, I think people gravitate towards him more. and the storyline that he's done with, you know, Jay Uso and then his match against Drew at a Survivor Series has just been incredible. And I said it before, when Roman and Drew faced off a year ago, it was boring as hell. They faced off three or four times. I just couldn't get into it. But now seeing them face off a year after that, you know, they're both champions on their respective brands. Drew has matured. Roman is a heel. He has new teeth. He, he's bougie as hell. I can appreciate it. And I'm glad that we were able to see that. In terms of women's action, I think that's a hard one. There have been some really good pay-per-view matches. I think, hmm, you know, an Evolution 2 would have been good. That would have been my best pay-per-view of 2020 if we would have had it, period. I, I think we can't not mention WrestleMania. I think because it being such a huge pay-per-view, and especially during a pandemic, to even pull it off. I think was something big. And I did love to see Drew finally win a championship yeah. after all of his hype. I was just really sad that there was nobody there to clap for him. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh man, like 
Drew has, he was a great champion, you know, and he really deserved that audience. Um, and for him to not get it and just still look at the camera and said, this is for you guys. Like, thank you. You did this. Like I was at home like, Oh my God, he said, thank you to me. And I love you, Drew. Like I'm here for it. Um, I, I just go back to thinking about that WrestleMania match with Drew and Brock. I do think it's interesting that you said WrestleMania because, again, it was a pay-per-view that I think a lot of people were like, why the hell is this happening? We're in a pandemic. WWE is not going to be able to pull this off. And they did an incredible job at putting in the theatrical matches and stuff like that. But now looking at what Rhea Ripley has said lately about how her confidence was diminished after she lost to Charlotte, I think that was an interesting take just because everyone was really pissed off at that women's match because Charlotte won. Like, what what did that do? I mean, having Rhea successfully defend her title in a WrestleMania match would have been perfect. I think her the whole discourse of her career in 2020 would have been completely different if she would have won that match at WrestleMania. Now we haven't seen Charlotte in months. I don't know if she's injured. I don't know what's going on there. And it seems like Rhea doesn't know if she wants to stay on NXT or not. And you just wonder, how would it have been different if Rhea would have successfully retained her title? I think that's a completely valid point because I was going to say I was going to agree with WrestleMania and overall Rhea versus Charlotte was a great match aside from the finish, which, you know, I was fortunate enough. I got to see Rhea back in January, like during like after when she had whole steam running, you know, she closed out the year on like the highest you could absolutely get. I think she was the top star at the end of the year, like bar none besides maybe Keith Lee, you know, she had won Survivor Series. They had won War Games. She'd won the title off of Shayna. She was beating everybody. You know, she was getting pushed to the moon, and rightfully so, and everyone was behind her. But then to see that push kind of halted for no reason, and I love Charlotte so much, and that match was great, like I said, besides the ending, but to see it how they did and have Rhea tap out and then Rhea and then you see this kind of Rhea EO Charlotte thing and I just the timing of it was like like what are they doing I did think it was interesting that Charlotte went for the NXT women's title absolutely because it brought her back and you know it brought some even more star power to NXT but I totally have to agree with you Lo I love Rhea and I felt so bad hearing that you know she had such a great push and I feel like it was cut off way too soon because she is totally capable of doing so much but Wrestlemania like you said for sure had very theatrical matches like the Boneyard match you had Bray Wyatt versus John Cena which I didn't know what to expect but that was very entertaining and then the Boneyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles was so incredible and then you had Edge return against Randy Orton and I feel like WrestleMania was the best it could be you know and then there was definitely some high spots I feel like that that two-day show was something unique that I think we'll never see again unless COVID continues obviously but I think for sure at least for me, best pay-per-view it has to be WrestleMania. It was very unique, and it was a two-day show, which we, like, never get. Like, unless you get, like, NXT, you know, TakeOver, and then a pay-per-view, but those are two different things. But definitely have to agree with you there, Lo. But along those lines, though, like, hey, we were talking about, like, Bray Wyatt and WrestleMania. What are your guys' thoughts on this Alexa Bliss-Bray Wyatt storyline we got going on here? Oh, man, I, I don't know what to think. I, I don't hate it. It's just a little weird for me because I think Alexa is just great on her own, but I do think she's fitting this role really well. Um, I remember like a long time ago when everybody thought Sister Abigail was going to be Liv Morgan. Morgan. Like we were really pushing for it. We're like, oh my God, like she has to be, you know, Sister Abigail. But I feel like this cutesy Alexa Bliss that's happening, but also she's like demon possessed at one point. I think it's a cool concept. I do like um, The Fiend. I feel like they have toned him down a little bit since he was first presented because he used to come out, you remember when Bray Wyatt's head in the lantern and I was like, whoa, that is so cool. Um, but I think it's it's cool. It's something different. I think it's working. I don't think anybody like hates it. I don't know. I might be wrong depending on what you guys are planning to say, but I don't hate it. I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it works for them, but... I, it's not something that I would actually tune in to SmackDown or Raw to watch, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not, I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite thing to watch on, you know, WWE television. I think, you know, I think Liv Morgan would have been a better choice here. I think she was really at a, a point in her career where they could have said, you know what, let's put her into this position. She was in that 
horrible storyline with Lana where they were lovers. Um, I have like question marks around my head. Like, and then after that, it seemed like, okay, well, what do we do with her? And they broke up the, the riot squad. They had Ruby doing something. Sarah Logan ended up getting released. And then Liv Morgan was kind of like the outlier. And we didn't know what was going to happen with her. I think she would have been an incredible fit here. And I feel like Alexa Bliss has really been pushed on us a lot. And I think that's why I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not really a fan of it because she's had a lot of opportunities in the WWE. And I think Liv Morgan has worked her ass off and we've seen it in her new series or her new chronicle on the network, Live Forever. I think she would have been perfect here. It's someone that is brand new to a storyline with someone bigger who had also had a character change. And he, you know, you think of Bray Wyatt, he started out as Husky Harris on NXT. I'm aging myself. He was in the first part of NXT when they were like a competition. And now he's this person who is clearly has, you know, he's kind of loco. Um, <laughs> but I think a lot of people enjoy this storyline because it is something different. It's not your typical storyline. But like I said, it's not something that I tune in to watch. But I don't hate it, Iridian. Okay, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too, because I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw a report that they wanted to turn Alexa and Bray the faces in the storyline against Randy Orton. So I'm interested to see how exactly they'll pull that off when they're kind of like demonized characters, like crazy characters. And I love Alexa. I kind of have to agree with Lo. I can understand where you see you're coming from that Alexa Alexa has gotten opportunities. I will admit that. I just think it's cool to see her, you know, evolve her character once again and push her into something that is kind of foreign territory for her that's completely different from where she was and then bringing in, in people like Nikki Cross you know there's a there's di- many different stories there you have Nikki and Alexa you have history with Randy and Bray you have Drew and Bray and I feel like they're incorporating a lot of different storylines into one so for me it's exciting to tune into every week because I'm like how are they gonna like pull this off and everything but I'm more intrigued now to see how exactly they're gonna turn Alexa and Bray like baby faces you know what would be interesting now that you say that I'm thinking about Scarlet Bordeaux and carrying cross mm-hmm. because it's kind of like the same like spooky mysterious mm-hmm. kind of thing but they're over on nxt so i i wonder how they are going to play this out with randy orton are they going to have mixed tag team matches like who would they even put with randy i think it would be so interesting to see scarlet bardot and carrying cross brought up to face off against these two that's something i would enjoy to watch because i think carrying cross's title reign in nxt was cut short you know he got injured and they have this storyline that is kind of similar to Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. And I think bringing in that tag action or, you know, that mixed tag, it could maybe lead to under gender somewhere in there. I think WWE is not completely sold on that idea, but I think, you know, having the mix of the male and female on both sides would be interesting to see in the ring. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's a good point, too, though, you made, like, about Randy Orton. If they were to bring in, like, intergender into this, who would, like, his partner be? It would obviously have to be a heel. Um, And, I mean, you can't have, really, the tag champs unless maybe you turn Nikki Cross heel. I mean, that, like, crosses all the lines. That's about Nikki. And he would be a a great, you know, person to bring in because of her history with Alexa. And, you know, she does have that uh, vendetta against Alexa now because Alexa turned on her. And so uh, Nikki Cross being heel for the first time in a while would be very interesting to see. And she needs um, to go along crazy. I need yeah. to see. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh that'd be gold. Um, but to close out the wrestling questions, who are your guys' favorite, three favorite wrestlers right now in the world? I already know two of Iridians, but go ahead, Iridian. Who would you think that I was going to say? Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Although if we're talking about right now, I mean. That's true. No, it's, it's, it's very true. Sasha and, and Becky are up there. And um, who else would I say? I'm going to add another woman in there. Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, my God. She is fantastic. I think she's being showcased right now on NXT. You know, they're giving her a lot of responsibility. And they're really giving her that space to shine. And even though they took her tank away from her, I think she could only get better. You know, maybe the tank was holding her back a little bit. But here we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that when she gets to the main roster, I, I do hope that she becomes NXT champion. Um, but if they do move her to 
the main roster, I feel like she could be a really big superstar, just like one of the four horsewomen. I feel like she can be showcased like Charlotte or Becky or Sasha or Bailey. Um, she's just a star to me. So I think she's definitely my top person, Shotzi. What about you, Lo? Uh, Bianca Belair, you can go back to any part of this episode where I've talked about her because it's still the same thing. Um, Rowan Reigns, again, I think he is on top of his game right now. And he's just he's made a really big name for himself in the WWE. And he did it as a face. And I think he's done an exceptional job as a heel. And even though he is a heel, I feel like he has like that Hollywood power that we think of John Cena having. And I can see him, you know, having that you know, um, crossover effect. And we know that he's done movies before he's done stuff like that. So I think he's the big next big name for the WWE to push to the moon. Like they did with John Cena. Um, the last person. It's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Um, I would say Keith Lee. And I think he was also one of the breakout stars of 2020. He has done such an exceptional job and, you know, he was the first, what was it the first double champion at nxt yes okay so keith lee was the first double champion in nxt he held the north american and the nxt championship at the same time obviously that didn't last long who knows what they were thinking there read the room wwe anyways i think he has just done an exceptional job and they really believe in him when he first came up to the main roster i didn't know what the hell they were doing with his gear and his song but it seems like they're trying to you know, work it out now and fit and personalize what he's doing to fit with him. And I really enjoy watching him. I think you could just tell that he's having a good time in the ring. You could tell like he's just, he's such a positive person and the way that he, I don't know. I just, I love Keith Lee. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) I love Keith Lee too. I feel like I'm very disappointed that they got rid of Limitless because that was literally in my top 10 songs. He was in that studio. He was, he was spitting it okay he was he was i know he was in there he was probably sweating he was busting those rhymes i know he was he's so mad because it was literally my top 10 songs on spotify of 2020 and i listened to mia's number one and then not to hear them anymore is so frustrating but that's i digress um oh gosh top three so i definitely know two um one is definitely the Miz because I can't believe that 10 years ago, like I was that Miz girl when he like it spiritually, I was that Miz girl when he cashed in on Randy Orton. But now the Miz is Mr. Money in the bank and he is on the brinks of becoming WWE champion yet again. And he's been a tag team champion this year and he's been back to the, his rightful heel role where he is at his best, I think. And he's always been one who's been like a, all-around player for the WWE. He's great at media, great in the ring, great promo skills, able to sell for everybody. And so he, I love The Miz. I will, praise, I will praise The Miz all day. Another one we talked about earlier was Io Shirai. I'm biased again, but Io is like the best in the world, honestly, to me. She's been able to naturally turn face, which like doesn't happen a lot. I don't, it was never like one moment that she had a right turn. She just naturally integrated herself back to a baby face after such an intense heel run. And it was so great to see. And then my third, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, but I think I have to go with my friend Kingsley, who's from Australia. You know, um, for anyone listening who pays attention to the Australian scene, they're in the midst of their PWA premiership right now. And Kingsley is kind of in the middle of two factions between Generation Now and The Nations. And, you know, she's kind of as a toss-up. And, you know, she's been pushed as a single star now. And she's taking it and running with it. And uh, she's always sipping the tea. So definitely shout out to Kingsley. You guys should definitely be watching her on ovu play every monday and the premiership so yeah um that closes out our wrestling questions but what are your guys's professional goals for 2021 what do you hope to achieve for me for um a wrestling gal and ella J, I i guess professional goals are obviously um with this uh gaw cast coming out i guess is the official announcement 
Um, we hope, you know, to be, get more listens. I think everybody hopes to get more listens and, you know, make this like a lifestyle, you know, (laughs) one day not to have to get back to your shoot job and, you know, fully immerse myself into the world of the wrestling podcasting or media community, obviously work with some like dream people or, you know, just get some more reps in because like, it's always practice, you know, you're never going to be like on the way top of your game. Nobody's perfect, but getting in more interviews you know doing more shows more collabs um obviously like you have to be successful maybe learns how to monetize stuff um i'm still learning guys as i go but definitely just to better myself and you know expand and work with more people and you know get more people on and you know share some more stories so for me i guess that's my biggest professional goals is to someday make this a full-time thing so yeah Lo, do you want to go for it professionally in 2021 i think i am very similar to Ella, where I really just want to increase my listens and really connect with the wrestling community, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, by bringing, you know, some diverse people in to chat with me on my podcast, as well as, you know, get involved with social media and stuff like that. Um, Hopefully, if the world turns around and it's safe to gather and stuff like that, I hope maybe, you know, maybe a star cast if they decide to come back or something like that. Um, wine sponsorships, getting those people in that I've, you know, wanted on the show. And um, Aridia and I are on the Battle Gals podcast over on Battleground Podcast. Um, So we're just going to keep continuing that and hopefully have some really great people on there as well with our other host, Lena. I just want to keep going. I think there's so many incredible goals to reach in 2021. And it's a great time to just keep on podcasting and reach those goals. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Monetization, I, I don't know. I have to learn. <laughs> and Make that money. Don't let it make you. Exactly. You know, and I, I know that we all would hope that one day we didn't have to work nine to five jobs to just actually just talk about wrestling all day. Like, how amazing would that be? Like, that's definitely a goal of mine to talk about wrestling for a living. But I also think that a goal for 2021 or rest friends is to do live streaming. Like I definitely want to get involved with Twitch. I want to do Facebook lives and YouTube lives. Um, but there's just a lot that goes into that. So I know I have to research and prep and get the proper equipment and learn how to do it. Uh, but I think that it would be so much fun because it's just another way to interact with people live. That brings up a good point, too, that I didn't even think of. For me, obviously, most of my stuff is audio-based, where um, Iridian's very comfortable in front of a camera. Another big, I guess, I don't know if it's professional, but yeah, definitely getting more comfortable in front of a camera. I mean, I've done a few. I just recently did an Instagram Live with uh, O-Face Wrestling. I did a Hot Tag Hooligans podcast, but I've never done like a video one for my own and so people have been pushing me to like start a youtube channel but for me just i have to get comfortable in front of a camera because it's always like self-conscious you know i'm just way better like audio or like or if i know it's not gonna only be audio based i'm like we can do video but it's just i'm gonna post it audio definitely getting more comfortable in front of a camera like props to you to be able to do that because god knows i don't have the confidence or the what's the word poise to do that (laughs) I'll have you guys on, on on a live stream once I learn how to do it, and then we'll all get comfortable with being on camera on there. I know how to do Instagram, but I mean, uh, Twitch, I, I just watch. I have no idea about any of that. So yeah, maybe maybe Twitch for me, it's just getting on YouTube or maybe doing then doing some Instagram lives because that I know how to do. It just I haven't done it. So yeah, definitely that. Um, but to close out this interview, um, I will give it, I will hand over the microphone to Lo to talk about the exciting giveaway that we are doing. Hashtag Russell Gal Pals, tis the season to be a wrestling fan. Lo, take it away. What is this giveaway and how can people enter? Yes, so we are doing a giveaway. It is a collaboration between a wrestling gal, rest friends, and wrestling wine down entitled Tis the Season to be a wrestling fan. And the giveaway has kicked off. It is on on my Twitter account at WWDCAST and the giveaway is going until December 13th and we are giving away some amazing prizes including a Naomi and Becky Lynch Funko Pop, a wrestling gal beanie and sweatshirt, a 2021 Women of WWE calendar and much more. Go on to Twitter to see the full prize list. I'm also throwing in a wrestling wind down face mask. You better be safe out there because I'm giving you a face mask, okay? Personalized, just wear it. 
Um, so all of the instructions, including the rules, um, how you can get an extra entry, are available at WWDCAST. So hop on right over there and enter the giveaway. It's amazing. Such incredible prizes, and I'm so glad that we were able to collaborate to give this amazing prize pack away. I feel like I am Vanna on Wheel of Fortune. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing the Vanna White. You know, but it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you so much again, guys, for ce- celebrating episode 100 of A Wrestling Yeah with me. And we've been able to put together this amazing holiday giveaway Woo! that you guys should totally go check out and enter. It's US only, unfortunately. But, you know, it, we still have some great, great prizes. Like Lo was talking about, we have Funko Pops. We have an exclusive beanie and sweatshirt from me, a wrestling gal. We have some non alcoholic <laughs> apple cider. Um, and some stickers from all of us and a great more prizes available. So you guys should totally go enter that after you listen to this. But thank you so much again to Iridian and Lo for spilling the tea a bit with me for this wrestling podcast or tell all and celebrating episode 100 of a wrestling gal with me. So thank you so much again, guys. And before I let you guys go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias? Lo, we will start with you. Thank you so much for having me. You can find Wrestling Wind Down on any of your favorite streaming platforms, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. And we are available on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. I'm currently asking people who they want to see on Wrestling Wind Down in 2021. So if you have any thoughts or you think you would be a great fit, let me know. And Iridian. And you can listen to the Rest Friends podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel because it only gets crazier on there, okay? We got a lot of stuff going on. We do reactions. We do vlogs. And that's at Rest Friends. And you can also just follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, also at Rest Friends. And thank you so much again for joining me, guys. And to everyone listening out there, don't forget to follow A Wrestling Gal on Twitter and Instagram at A Wrestling Gal. And like like you guys said, you can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. You know, we're still working our way up the ranks, but hopefully this sheds some light into some wrestling podcasterness if that's i'm just making that a word now so yeah thank you guys for celebrating episode 100 with me and don't forget to check out our amazing giveaway sincerely from the bottom of my heart thank you to everybody including lo Aridian, and all the other guests i've been able to have on the show and collaborate with your support means the ap- absolute world in this crazy 2020 filled year you know wrestling and podcasting has been my one solace my one positiveness in the world right now so sincerely thank you so much for being on this journey with me i'm just a 23 year old girl who loves wrestling and here we are at episode 100 it's all so surreal so thanks again for chatting with me guys it's been an honor and with that episode 100 of a wrestling gal is in the books but you know i haven't done an outro in a very long time but i felt it was very appropriate as we celebrate this hundredth milestone of a wrestling gal and words can't even describe how crazy and how surreal this all feels because when I started a wrestling gal a year and a half ago you know I never would have envisioned myself being at episode 100 and being surrounded with so many amazing people in the wrestling community and having the great opportunity to interview and connect with so many of wrestlers media content creators podcasters interviews etc and now here we are at the end of episode 100 as we close one chapter and start a new one as we go into 2021. But sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who has supported, listened, shared a wrestling gal. You know, your support means the absolute world. And genuinely, I couldn't do it without you guys. You know, I'm just a 23-year-old girl in the podcasting game trying to work my way up. And so the amount of support I've received is just insane. And I'm so grateful for it. So thank you all so much for celebrating episode 100 with me. And thank you to Lo and Iridian for shedding some light on some wrestling podcasting stuff, you know. Hopefully this episode gave you guys a better look into some of the stuff we do as podcasters. And, you know, if you're looking to do your own podcast, hopefully this helped you. If anyone ever needs any advice or anything, like I said, I'm still 
fairly new myself, but uh, if anyone needs advice, hit me up, guys. You know, I'm always willing to help out. This wrestling community has brought me together with so many amazing people. So the least I could do is give back to this community who has done so many things for me. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me, guys. Cheers to episode 100. I can't wait to chat with you all soon. Thank you again.